All right. Well, welcome back to the For Many People Strength podcast. I'm Jamie Neugebauer, joined by Matt Gourley after match day two for Canada at the uh, Women's World Cup. And Gourley, nobody, and I mean nobody, and I'm going to start this podcast strong, and that's that's fine. Nobody can ever criticize this Canadian women's slash XNT national team for being without cojones, without guts, without working hard. I've seen so many games and so have you where the first half has been dour and the team has been down 1-0 or not up anywhere close to their standards and put their head down, oh, woe is us, we're having a bad day, oh, well, what can we do? But this women's national team slash XNT, Gourley, they dug deep, they found a way to find the form that we all prayed that they would. They made some subs to make it happen, and of course, they can, talking about Canada defeating Ireland 2-1 to one, uh, in the early morning here in, in Canada, and especially the further west you go, the earlier it was. But uh, boy, oh boy, Gourley. What a second half performance by this team. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, it needed to be better, obviously. The first half was was pretty poor. But, um, you know, I you're talking with different people to give a spark at halftime. Which I was in a few different chats and we were chatting a little bit, too. And, you know, I, I don't think we had Sophie Schmidt being the, the catalyst to really um, spark things, but she certainly was just the, the battle, the fight in the midfield was, was sorely needed, but, um, you know, the quality in the final third was fantastic as well. So, you know, a lot of credit for, for Sophie Schmidt, who, uh, is just in really good form both for Houston and now obviously with, with Canada. So it's great to see, um, you know, Shalina Zdorsky came in and put in a shift with Kadisha Buchanan, um, being under the weather. Um, and, you know, uh, Christine Sinclair, probably would have liked to have had at least a goal if not two today given some of the look she had but just her link playing and that false nine role really helped settle things down was just really lacking in the first half so um an incredible amount of experience to be able to call upon to bring out there and uh some of the older heads there really did did the job uh, this morning so it was great to see and uh you know having that experience out there just seemed to settle everyone down and uh that's you know important but uh they're gonna need to uh, you know some of the younger players to 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 bring it from the start as well moving forward because uh, from here on I think every match is going to get a lot harder. Yeah, I think uh, you you hit a lot of nails on the head. You you mentioned Sinclair not starting. Uh, you know, man, it's so weird to ever see this team without Christine Sinclair somewhere on the field. Uh, and I think and you know I think a lot of people agree that. She may be entering a point in her career where she may be better with a targeted amount of time to play to expend as much energy as she can, um, just because, you know, don't want to speak badly of the GOAT, but that sharpness maybe is uh, slipping away just a little bit. Uh, even though she's so technical, she's so clean, she links plays so well, she's three steps ahead of everybody. Uh, you know, I'm very happy she's on this team, but uh, I think... You know, it, it didn't surprise me too much that she was didn't start. Did it surprise you? Uh, I mean, only in, in so much as that I wasn't really sure that um, the Beth Priest would go there. Um, you know, I, I'm not shocked she played a half. I'm a little bit more surprised she played the second half. But um, yeah, I mean, time catches up to all of us, and and she's she's the greatest. But you know, she's also 40. So. Um, yeah, I think there's there needs to be a little bit of a limit on how much she plays, but I think um, 
seeing her play 45 minutes today, I think it was a sign that her, for me, it was her best performance in, in, in a while. And I thought she was very, very good today. And um, you wish she'd finished a couple of those chances because she did get some good looks, but just the way she was able to combine was just really sharp. And um, yeah, I think maybe less is more with, with her moving forward. As, as we've talked about before the tournament started, there's so many options up front that um, you can insert her in different ways. Like I didn't really have her playing necessarily as a false nine in my bingo card to start the tournament, particularly with Ida on the pitch, but um, it worked really well. Um, and and she was able to find little pockets of space. And obviously her movement intelligence is so strong that, you know, she's not as mobile as she once was when you're, when you're that smart and see things as well as she does. She just got herself in, in good spots, was able to make little passes around the back and just, it was just really good. And just so much better with her out there doing those things. And obviously, um, you know, Sophie Schmidt and, and Quinn both had a really good second half as well. So uh, that trio kind of combined really well and that helped get Jesse Fleming more involved after she was, um, pretty isolated in the first half. I mean, had a tough time getting into the match, but uh, much better than second. And you know, I, I don't think Fleming's 100, percent but uh, credit for her for for getting out there and battling in, in what really was a must win for Canada. Yeah, you know, I think about that midfield attacking midfield role. Whenever you're in the very center of the park, you know that's when 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 there's the most chaos. You know, there's there's presses coming at you. You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts. Everybody's around you, uh, you know. So it's it's those geniuses that can make such a difference. Obviously, Jesse Fleming uh, is one of those, and Christine Sinclair. You know, I think about, and you know, I hate. I know, I I know. You know, a lot of uh, women, female athletes hate this, and and para athletes, and any kind of athlete that isn't, you know, um, you know the. The, the the classic you know man speak kind of kind of kind of athlete but uh but to kind of compare uh a player just because of a situation not because you know she's the female this or that or whatever but just to say you know i think about zinedine zidane i think about juan roman riquelme you know in, in on the men's side just guys that weren't the fastest ever uh but but, you know, could link up and see everything around them in steps. And and that's sort of how I see, you know, Sinclair in this role as she is now, that she can, you know, not have to be the fastest, as you said, because she sees the steps ahead. And and we, you know, we think, you know, we, we know all those tens, uh, you know, around the world that, you know, obviously think, I think about uh, Marta even watching her play, um, you know, she feel like she's been in the twilight of her career for forever, Marta, but the Brazilian just so brilliant in that number 10 role too, just popping up where she needs to. And, and that's the way she was dominant and continues to dominate uh, such a great mind more than even a player. And and that's what Marta was. And I think that's what Sinclair can kind of be uh, continue to be for this team. So, you know, we, we agree it's, it is still so strange to see, you know, her, but, there you go. So let's go through the game just a little bit. Uh, it starts with, uh, obviously, lots of people talking about McCabe and uh, the way that she played the Arsenal, uh, you know, winger, fullback, wingback, whatever she is, Katie McCabe. What a brilliant performance by the Ireland captain. Got an Olympi- Olympico, but it wasn't even just that. She did everything for the Irish. Uh, and I think, you know, I saw a tweet kind of where people compared, I think it was Dwayne Rollins, our old pal who uh, said that this Irish team is like the world, Canada and the men's world cup, but that they played nice and they had uh, a lot of people cheering for them by the end, but uh, in the end didn't have as you know enough that they needed to kind of get through. But 
what what more can you say about Katie McCabe, the start that Ireland had, and and McCabe's a uh, goal from the corner that maybe Kaylin Sheridan had could have done better, and I'm sure she would agree, but it was just a perfect ball too. Uh, I think I don't think I think Canada at the, at the in Qatar at the Men's World Cup certainly had a lot more going forward than Ireland did today. Not to take yeah. anything away from Katie McCabe, who's an excellent player, but. Um, she's a little little lonely out there at times. I I, I do think that uh, Marissa Sheva, who plays on the same side, can be uh, a creative spark as well. But uh, as you said, I mean the Olympico was fantastic. I mean that is a great ball. It's basically inch perfect off the post. Um, all that being said, um, Kayla Sheridan's footwork was a bit of a mess there, and I'm sure she knows that. Um, if she if she doesn't take two steps in the wrong direction and misjudges the flight of the ball, she, I think she tips that over relatively easily. She just got caught going the wrong direction and then ended up being a no man's land. But um, it, even still, it took a really oh, basically a perfect ball to to get in that top corner. So full credit to McCabe. Um, it was a fantastic uh, delivery. But I do think. Um, I did think Canada started a little slowly, but even before that, I mean, it was so early, it's tough to say that. But, you know, in the first couple of minutes, I thought, okay, it's a little little slow here. And obviously it was it was chilly and starting to rain. Um, but I really thought that goal was going to spark Canada into into something. Um, even if, if, if it wasn't that, um, even if Canada didn't look flowing or particularly good going forward, I expected them to get a little more stuck into tackles or battling more or, or a little bit more hustle and effort to win second balls. It just felt like every second ball was falling to Ireland. They were winning challenges. They were getting 50-50s first. Um, they just seemed really up for it. And I, Canada just didn't seem to match that level of under intensity on um, the first half, which is not something you say about this Canada side very often. I was really surprised by that, but um, they sh- they sure rectified that in the second half. And and um, as I said, as much as Sophie Schmidt offered some real quality going forward, she also offered a lot of battle and grit in the midfield as well, which I think was lacking, but that seemed to... Um, other players seemed to go along with her. She seemed to drag everyone into the fight. So that was really great to see. And a real, real great performance from Sophie Schmidt today. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like, I wonder too, you know, so again, Sophie Schmidt was fantastic and she's having people keep saying this sort of second renaissance or whatever you want to call it with Houston. And, um, you know, great, great to see her do well. And, and she was phenomenal. Um, you know, I wonder about, uh, you know, Julia Grosso, who she kind of came on for. And, you know, you think about Fleming, you think about Grosso, you think about Schmidt, like these are all players that kind of want us play in the same space right like and then you throw in Quinn who who maybe just a bit more of the the destroyer passer you know ground cover and we can sing Quinn's praises in a second I'd be very happy to do that but um you know it's just it's tricky with for Bev too to to figure out how to the to best use Fleming Grosso and Schmidt all at once and you know you think about Schmidt getting a little older uh, you know, people might think automatically that with, you know, Grosso being the player of the year or whatever it was in Italy and Fleming being, you know, a Chelsea regular, a huge piece for Chelsea, uh, you know, should be the odd woman out. But, uh, you know, does that mean that Sophie Schmidt is a, a must start from now on because of her performance? Yeah. yeah, I've seen people sort of say, well, you know, Schmidt deserves to start. I'm not sure I'm there with that. Um uh, depends. I mean, I think question A is is how fit Jesse Fleming is. If if Fleming is good for 
60 minutes that, okay, I, I would probably start Fleming and then look at um, Schmidt maybe come in. Um, I, I think Julia Grosso is as good as Schmidt was today. I think Grosso is a better player, a more dynamic um, attacking player. And, and Canada desperately needs that creativity and that ability to play the ball uh, through the final thirds from the midfield. And Schmidt showed that today, but I think still uh, Grosso uh, has that capability along with Fleming. Um, I, you know, I, Julia Grosso today was, was baffling in that she seemed to really look to occupy spaces in wide areas, um, which allowed um, Jordan Heidemann to kind of get more central. So you sort of had the Heidemann VNs both getting, getting more into the box. And I, I was really puzzled by that because the Priestman really seemed like she was thinking, you know, get the ball wide and then try and use our aerial presence with two pretty large target forwards in, in BNs and, uh, and Heidema. Um, but Grosso really struggled to get on the ball and with it being a fairly slow build, you know, the Irish were able to kind of get their three, four, three back into kind of a five, four, one. There was not a ton of space in wide areas. And even when we were able to get the ball, um, wide, but there was options to come in field that it wasn't wasn't generally played. Like you know, there's times where there's chances to play a square ball in, inside and maybe built to the middle. But um, you know, I thought Grosso and, and Fleming both were really starved for getting the ball, and so often it was just lumped forward at uh, the two large target forwards, and it just was. Yeah, you know, I mean, they weren't even contesting for half of those balls. They were going straight up for goal kicks or whatever. It was just. Um, it was, <laughs> it harkened back to the worst stereotypes of the way, um, the women's national team played 25, 30 years ago, which I don't I think those criticisms were, were overstated. Then there were some, some decent technical players in the, you know, Jerry Donnelly, Angela Kelly, Kelly era, um, that maybe didn't get as much credit, but it was, you know, a lot of hoofing the ball forward, uh, aimlessly. So, um, I think Grosso, if she'd been more central, um, and playing more in the same role, that Schmidt ended up playing, she would have had many more opportunities than if you then add um, someone like Sinclair playing centrally to combine with. I think that would have worked for Grosso as well. She was just, unfortunately, um, so much off in the wing and so so little involvement. All that being said, her 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 play of the wing led to the pretty crucial um, own goal that tied the game. And I mean, it was a, it was a real greasy one that just kind of skidded off someone's shin and off the post and in, but it was a good ball into a dangerous area. So credit Grosso for that. But um, I'm sure it was a frustrating day for Julia Grosso, who has a lot more quality than we saw today. But um, I think, I think Grosso and, uh, and Fleming for me are, are must starts if, if Fleming is fit enough to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, Quinn was the player I thought had the best first half of anyone. And I think, um, you know, I think probably you give Katie McCabe um, player of the match, but uh, Quinn would have been my player of the match for uh, for Canada if if you were asking me to choose uh, over the ninety. I thought they had a really good match, um, but mm-hmm. are they are they ready to go ninety um, three matches in a row? Um, I'm trying to recall if if Quinn went ninety in the first match. I'm not sure they did, mm-hmm. but um, uh, yeah, they did. So. Um, so yeah, you know, Quinn's got 92 matches in a row. Maybe, maybe you look at Sophie Schmidt starting against Australia in, in more of a destroyer role with still having the ability to, to, to add that quality. I think that's an option as well. 
Um, Quinn's done nothing to deserve not playing, but I think fresh legs mm-hmm. in Australia could be helpful as well. So um, it's nice to have options. Those four are all playing fairly well. I mean, I think I think Grosso has a level to grow into, but I think they particularly um, they weren't deployed the way I would like to have, and I I don't think Heidem and Viennes work well together. I just don't think I think it's one or the other. I don't see any reason why they both should be there. I know Priestman's liking Heidem on the wing. Uh, I'm not really sold there, especially given if you're playing Heidem on the wing, um, then you're looking at, you know, Leon, Lacasse, uh, you know, Prince, all these players, uh, Rose for one spot. Um, yeah. That's that's harsh, right? I mean, it's it's tough. And well, I, I'm yeah, going ch- gonna, gonna to cut you off there because okay. I, I just think <laughs> I just think Rose and Prince are not anywhere close to fit if i don't think not, rose is fit i have not seen enough if of prince not, to say that but if I, they're I'm not curious. being involved if they're not involved those if those two are not involved really in these first two games you'd have to think that they're either not fit or being saved or something because i uh, i thought rose has looked off the pace in, in in the first half against nigeria i just you know her yeah. touches were off it well, was just back from just, injury and yeah she didn't look she didn't look ready for for what yeah. coming prince i thought you know i thought there was some possibilities there and it was it was not a real long long outing there um right you know it was just 10 minutes or something but um yeah. i think i i i especially you know with a tiring ireland side i thought you know throw michelle prince out there late instead you know i mean it looked like um um jay revere was uh you know she's also coming back from injury and so getting her up there early was was fine and i you know mm-hmm. it's nice to have chapman able as a, as a closer as the last couple of minutes but um yeah i i would like to see more of michelle prince i think she brings a different mm-hmm. element and uh you know particularly coming off the bench uh but yeah. obviously had has played a ton and i i mean leon scores a huge goal today great first touch to get it get it set up and and, and barry that's a great finish and uh, I, 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 the way Chloe Lacasse is playing, I'd love to see more of her. I, I, I'm not sure we'll get to see her start against Australia, but uh, I don't mm-hmm. think I'm alone in thinking that every time Chloe Lacasse is on the pitch, exciting things happen. Um, it hasn't really resulted in a goal yet, but it feels like that's going to come if, mm-hmm. if you give her more time. Her, her ability to beat people off the dribble and her directness and her combination play. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, she's an exciting, exciting player. Yeah. Yeah, lot, lots to lots to respond to there. I mean, so the first thing that I'll talk about, and I could have a whole podcast about Jordan Heidema. Uh, I think that her decision to go to Europe at such a young age, that's good for some people. I think it was bad for her to sit on the bench for PSG for so long and not get minutes and not develop. And she still, uh, she still seems so raw, but then it's a situation where uh you know it it there it's kind of like <clears throat> you know and 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 there, here's a name that i hope i don't get the lambasted for bringing up because i I've, <laughs> I've struggled to watch her was melissa tancredi uh because you know tancredi gave canada everything in her heart and soul and i respect her for that and she was a an absolute physical presence out there and probably great when you're holding on to a lead and probably great in the locker room, et cetera. But I just, I found her so poor in certain areas on the field 
aka finishing that it was so frustrating uh so so Tank it's kind Reddy of finished some chances in london though i mean Tancredi, right and that's surprising was... and, and when that went in i was like well call me you call me a monkey's uncle when that happened <laughs> he, she showed up when canada needed it for sure but i watched her play i don't know 80 games or whatever where i was like ah driving me nuts because everybody would be focused on sinclair and then Tancredi would have an hour and a half and then she'd sky it but uh you know that that I'm not saying it's the same. I'm just saying people who seem to be smarter at soccer, like Jordan Heidema, more than me, <laughs> I guess. And if and, you know, I'm cl- clearly Bev Priestman knows more about soccer than I do. Uh, but that all being said, Jordan Heidema continuing to play for this national team, let alone be a starter, let alone be a you know a sort of face of the franchise. Like I find it frustrating to no end. And and again, I don't fully blame her. I think she made the, her her people and her made a bit of a mistake going to going to France at that age, and and maybe she was too raw and tried to rush things too much. And um, you know, I don't know the the details of her life or anything like that, so I'm not going to comment. But just uh, just lack of lack of impact, uh, you know, at when the levels get higher from from her, and, and no, I just I just kind of seem like. There are options. You talk about Nichelle Prince. You talk about Chloe Lacasse. You know she, Jordan Heidema. They keep saying the broadcasters keep saying she's uh she can play anywhere along the front three. Like so can I. Like <laughs> I, if you you can you can slot me in a lineup anywhere you want. Like I'm gonna be horrendous everywhere I go, but I, you can slot me there. And obviously Jordan Heidema is a lot better at soccer than I am. I'm not saying she, I'm I, I'm I'm not as good as her. But my point is, I think she thinks and she plays and she dreams that she's an out and out number nine center forward big big body and whether she is told to kind of take those central positions and take away the space that viennes wanted to get into uh you know i think she she did it either on purpose or by accident because she is just thinks of herself as a number nine and that's the space that a number nine goes to now i understand i can see why uh i can see why uh she's on this team i can see why Priestman has her in the squad. She is tall. She is a taller aerial presence that we don't have too much of up the field, supposedly, though I don't see her winning too many going forward, but they do want her presence defending corners and whatnot as a taller player. So, like, I, I understand it from sort of a, a you know, it fits a, fits a need kind of perspective, but just hard to, hard to see when I think there's players who are maybe more informed I guess than her not getting that opportunity. I really wanted to see a lot more Chloe Lacasse. Uh, yeah. So you know, I find it I find it frustrating. That's all. Like I've got nothing personal against Jordan Idem, obviously, no. but just I wanted to well, see a lot more Chloe Lacasse. So, so in defense of Heidem, I think she has better feet and technical skills than a lot of players her size. Certainly, Viennes Viennes reminds me of Tancredi, honestly. Well, she's just a hustler. Just a, yeah. Yeah, a bit of a bull in a china shop. But, you know, Tancredi, uh, yeah, I'm going to give Tancredi credit for being really crucial to the, the bronze medal and scoring some big goals in yeah. London. But anyway, that's not here or there. That's off topic. But um, for me, like I, I think Heidema played fairly well today. I thought she had a decent game against the Irish, had a couple decent looks, and one, one chance that was really well saved. Um, but just to think about who's all available and the options that are out there and that you know, Heidema's the, the ever-present, and um, I don't think, um, I, I think Heidema should be involved. I think Heidema, you know, I, I'm not even that opposed to her starting, but for her to be the player that plays 90 minutes, well, 
You know, Lacasse is coming off the bench. Rose isn't playing. Prince isn't playing. Um, Sinclair isn't starting. You know, Leon's not getting 90 minutes. Like, I think, uh, given the way other players are playing, I just don't see her as being the one that, the one, the one, um, one player that isn't being replaced that surprises me. And I, I, I know Priestman clearly has a lot of faith and belief in, in Jordan Heidemann. I hope it comes good, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm a little surprised that she's gone 90 in back-to-back matches, especially given some of the options that are there that I think we'd like to see. Um, and I guess bigger picture, we talked before the turn was started and I sort of thought the biggest, um, the biggest thing for me was figuring out the front three and having some cohesion and a good sense of, you know, who's our starting three, what's the best combination, what does that look like? I don't think we're anywhere near that at this point, which is unfortunate. Um, you know, I have no idea who I, you know, for me it's probably um, Leon Heidema and cast to start looking at Sinclair coming off the bench, potentially Sinclair playing in front of a, a, a midfield pairing, um, which limits the midfield and the midfield's playing well. So I don't love that, but um, yeah, I, I don't have the answer to that, but I'm not sure that Bev Friesman does either at this point. So, you know, I wish we'd try a few more things and see how we look with without a target forward. Um, so with, with two more dynamic wingers with Sinclair, a few different options that we have, you know, haven't looked at. Obviously, you can't tinker too, too much because, you know, the goal today was to protect a 2-1 lead and get over the line and get a vital three points. But... Um, yeah, you know, especially in the nail note against Nigeria, I was sort of hoping for a little bit more to finish the match, um, with less creative players in the pitch and the two, two larger target players up front. I just, it wasn't how I, it wasn't how I expected the goal to come and, and, and ultimately it didn't, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So, you know, again, we get back to the game and again, I, I promised myself when the tournament started, I wouldn't be negative just because. Uh, I mean, I guess things aren't going well for me in my soccer life in general, <laughs> soccer fan life in general. But um, also because my expectations for a gold medalist team and for the for the quality that this country has is high, and so it's hard for me when when it's sort of not rising to that uh, it is to 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 stay positive. But I said I'd stay positive, so I apologize if I was. Going nuts there on Haidema uh, there for a second. But we move on. So they, they get that goal, as you mentioned, off of, uh, I believe it was uh, Megan Connolly, the own goal sent in by Grosso out of absolutely nowhere, absolutely nothing, sort of five minutes into injury time, and uh, nothing happened for 45 minutes for Canada going forward. And they send one ball in, and it goes off an Irish player and back post and in, and all of a sudden, uh, another's life, and you know they always talk about goals changing games. Goals late and have late, late and halves, late in the first half, you know, can change a game so so much. You know, the Irish manager Bev Priestman have uh, you know maybe a different team talk all of a sudden that they have to figure out. Uh, you know, it threw a real interesting wrench into a pretty dour game, a game that was going picture perfect for the Irish game plan, you would think. Um, and then uh, that goal went in, and it kind of changed things. We talked about the subs and. Um, you know, one of my frustrations personally with uh, John Herdman on the men's side is that he waits forever to make any kind of change in subs. He waits to the 60th minute plus every single game to make any sub that isn't forced. But that's his choice. Like, that's what he sticks with. So I understand that. But I wish he would di- I wish he would be different. But um, that's the way it is. But uh, Brett Priestman decided, you know what, we're going to 
change things up. We're going to put Christine Sinclair out there, whether she was meant to or not. The second half, Sophie Schmidt, Ashlina Zadorsky, who was a great story. If you don't know her story, dealt with some some health and mental health issues and and came back and didn't miss a beat. She was she was outstanding, and she adds a left footed element. Uh, to the center backs, which is such a such a blessing to have. We talked about it in our bit of a preview that, you know, between Vanessa Gilles, Kadisha Buchanan, and Shalina Zadorsky, Canada can be pretty happy. Whatever two of those three are out there, I think, uh, talk to, compared to anybody in the world. Um, so that's a pretty good problem. To, not really a problem. It's a good thing to have. Um, so it's, uh, you know, th- that went well. And then all of a sudden, you, you mentioned it, just a gorgeous ball by Sophie Schmidt in the 53rd minute. Gorgeous touch, kind of split uh, defenders, went in, and a, and, a, and a neat composed finish there by Adriana Leone, who, you know, I mentioned is a polarizing figure among uh, Voyagers and, and Canadian national team supporters. And I, I've liked her forever since she was young because I feel like she just has a little bit of swagger, a little bit of arrogance. She tries things. She goes for it. She... You know, she can kind of fade out of games, but so can many people, I guess. Uh, you know, that last goal was was just class in, in many, many ways. And I think that one goal can really have a positive impact moving forward for this national team and the way we see this World Cup. I, I hope so. And uh, I'm someone who's been a fan of Leon's as well. So nice to see her get her first World Cup goal and be rewarded. Um, the other thing on that goal, uh, Quinn did some really good work in the midfield. Uh, Canada found a way. Uh, you talked about Sing. We talked about Sinclair uh, missing some chances. We wish he'd bang in. Quinn was magnificent. Um, you know, somebody in Europe, somebody with some big deep pockets. You know, hand them over your Brinks truck because that is a world class. Uh, you know, number six, uh, ball playing center midfielder, holding midfielder, whatever you want to call it. That is a, that is a player that could play on any team in the world, if you ask me. And uh, and and they should get that that reward uh, as soon as possible, unless they like playing in Seattle, because who wouldn't? Um, but there you go. So we move on to the final game of the group. That's going to be four in the morning, Sask time. Canada takes on the host Australians, who will take on Nigeria tomorrow morning. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But uh, you'll just. Quickly, you know, we don't know the status of Sam Kerr, just like we didn't know the status of Jesse Fleming coming into this game. We still don't know really the status of Jesse Fleming, whether she's 100% fit, how fit she is. She wasn't poor or anything, just wasn't her usual uh, self, I don't think. But uh, we'll see if the uh, the superstar and, by the way, Fleming's teammate and at Chelsea, <laughs> part of me, is fit for Nigeria or Canada. But, uh, yeah, part of me got the cost there. I don't know. It should be, it should be interesting. Obviously that the atmosphere is going to be bananas. Uh, and, uh, yeah. The, what can you tell us about this Australia team that uh, we don't know? Well, I, I mean, I think an Australia Nigeria match is going to be really interesting. Um, I think we're pretty certain that Sam Kerr won't play a part in that. Um, whether she's fit for the Canada match, we'll see. But it sounds like Mary Fowler's out for the Nigeria match as well. And I thought, um, Fowler surprisingly to me played almost as a number 10, which I think of her as more of a target player. But she looked good in that 10 role against the Irish and, and found spaces, much you know, in a bit of a, a 
um, Christine Sinclair type situation where, you know, a little bit more withdrawn and really found pockets to, to play passes, but also was uh, winning balls and doing really good hold-up play. So that's a miss for Australia as well. And you, you take away, you know, I've, I thought Ford was really quiet in the first match, but Ford's also a quality player. Um, but you take away maybe their best forward and then their creative spark and Kerr, they might have a tough time scoring as Nigeria. Um, obviously, we saw um, uh, Ndozi, the, the keeper, had a great match against Canada and obviously a really good quality young keeper that I think is going to be one of the better keepers in the world uh, in a few years as she gets a little bit more experience. Um, so I don't think Australia being Nigeria is a, is a forgiven, as a given. I think, um, I think. You know, that's a match Australia should win, much as Canada probably should have beaten Nigeria. But Nigeria is obviously a, a tricky foe and combative and has some quality on the counter and, you know, one world, real world class player. But if, if Australia doesn't get that result, that changes the entire dynamic of everything. Now Nigeria is looking at, um, at their game against, um, against um, Ireland. And now you're thinking, you know, could we have three teams on five points potentially? It's. It uh, it creates some interesting last day dynamics. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really curious what happens with that one tomorrow, and that'll I think inform things. And obviously, Australia looking at potentially going out with the loss to Canada would certainly ramp up the pressure, and we'll see how they respond to that. Because um, you know, I think they felt going into this at home, they you know maybe dark horses to to win the whole thing. Um, obviously losing your talisman, like, uh, like Sam Kerr is a big loss, but, uh, you know, I, they're missing, they've had a few, much like Canada, some players coming back from injury. I thought Claire Hunt looked a little shaky in the back, which is always such a strength for this Australia side. You know, they obviously have Alana Kennedy in the back, but, um, Polkinghorne, I don't think is fully, fully fit. Um, Steph Catley got their goal, but I thought, uh, I thought. Kira Cooney Cross was relatively quiet against Ireland as well, and she's usually a big spark for them. Uh, Katrina Gorey's fantastic. I really, really like that player. Just a real combative, skillful, little tenacious midfielder. Um, but, you know, even against Ireland, Courtney Vine, who's just really fast, just lively in the wing, that's going to be something Kanska really have to pay attention to because she's um, she's on Jade Revere's side uh, on Canada's right and Australia's left. She can be really dangerous, so that's something to keep an eye on uh, for that match. But, you know, I thought um, I thought Ireland did a really nice job in Courtney Vine limiting her touches, same as they did with uh, Caitlin Ford and keeping her off the ball. So, um, you know, Ireland provided a bit of a blueprint on how to, blunt this attack but obviously with no Sam Kerr that is a big factor in helping blunt it as well so yeah it's going to be interesting uh, first to see how things go tomorrow and that sets up uh, a pretty exciting um, Sunday night slash Monday morning it's cracked dawn but uh, looking forward to it but uh, Gourley uh, try to get up for it get your coffee brewed right now get some snacks already took the day off work there you go perfect already got a three-day weekend for monday morning there you go i'll go to bed with my girls not yeah i'll go to bed at the same time as my girls i should say uh around 7 30 maybe we'll see what happens and try to pop up and maybe maybe uh you know maybe we'll have a group victory in the world cup to celebrate uh, canada you know, four points from two games. I'm sure they were thinking about six from the two and then maybe look at resting somebody or whatever if versus Australia, but still could happen. Who knows? All to play for. Gourley, thank you for your gems and your gold as always, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks.